Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Hey, wait a minute. What's the name of your church? Real life Christian church. Real life. Get real with another edition of Think About It. Real life messages from Pastor Dennis Rasper from Real Life Christian Church. And now, let's listen to the message from Pastor Rasper. This is a series of messages called Change the World, Change Your Life. Yeah, it's all about prayer. It's about linking up with God who has all power. He's got complete and total perfect love. And his love is so all-consuming. And I dwell on this. Whenever I write these messages, I, I just stop and dwell on this, man. His love is so all-consuming that he sent his son. How many would send their son? Would you send your son to die for somebody else? I, I want to get into this every time I read about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The love, the, the, the depth of that love knows no limits. I think about the sins I sin every day. And God the Father sent His Son, Jesus Christ, gave His life to pay that sin debt. He came as a sin offering. Add to that, He knows everything. This, this wonderful God we have knows everything. He's good, He's gracious. And all that works for you and me as we pray to our Father in heaven. And because we trust the promises of God in His Word to hear and answer prayer, we're changing the world. That's why I call the sermon series, Change the World. As you trust the promises of God, this good and gracious and loving and all-powerful God, whose love, who's consumed with love for you, as you pray to him and trust his promises to hear and answer prayer, we're changing the world, I'll tell you, man. We're changing our own lives, and we're changing other people's lives, too. And now we're going to continue this series, and for the next few weeks, we're going to look at um, some of the great prayers in the Bible, and today, a great prayer. In the middle of a drone of names is prayer of Jabez. First Chronicles chapter 4. Chapter 4, beginning in verse 9. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez means pain. In biblical times, moms and dads gave their kids names to reflect what they thought their children would become. And I think the best example of this is, is, is the name Jesus itself. And I look at Luke chapter 1, and the angel Gabriel speaks to the Virgin Mary and says, Mary, do not be afraid. You found favor with God. Now listen to this. You, 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 will, you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give this son of yours the name Jesus. The name God the Father gave his son the name Jesus. And I read this devotional Monday through Friday, by a guy named J.C. Ryle. He was a bishop in 18th century London in the Anglican Church. And he wrote this about that passage. The word or the name Jesus means simply Savior. The Son of God came down from heaven to be not only the Savior, but the King, the lawgiver, the prophet, the priest, the judge of fallen man. So he's the judge, man. You remember this. Here come the judge. That's Jesus. He's the judge. He's the lawgiver. He's a prophet. He's a priest. But he chose the name. He chose, he, he bypassed all of these titles. And he selects a name which speaks of, now hear this, mercy and grace and help and deliverance for a lost world. I just think that is so precious that God the Father chose a name for his son and the son accepted that name. It's how he wanted to be known, merciful. Now, you know, lawgiver, that he is. Judge, that he is. But he wanted to be known as a deliverer, as a redeemer, as a savior, as merciful, as gracious, and all those things the name Jesus conveys to us. That's just 
kind of cool, I thought. <laughs> so when Jabez was born, he caused his mom some pain. And she thought he would cause other people pain most of his life. <laughs> nice mom. And so she names him Pain. <laughs> she names him Jabez. Anyway, here's some thoughts on that name Jabez from this prayer, the prayer of Jabez. About four years ago, the prayer of Jabez was very popular because a guy named Bruce Wilkinson wrote a book about the prayer of Jabez. And I read excerpts from that book. And, and here's what he says about, the, about this name Jabez. Maybe the pain was physical. It just plain hurt more than other births, okay? <laughs> or maybe it was emotional. I thought that was kind of, that, that, that was insightful because maybe, maybe his mom had Jabez by another man, not her husband. That's a possibility. And along comes her husband, you know, after this baby is born, and Jabez grown up a little bit, and she says, he says, Jabez, you're not my kid. You're not my kid. These other kids are my kid, but you're not my kid, so I'll take care of them. You're on your own, buddy. Maybe that was the pain. Or maybe they just couldn't afford a man. Last thing they need is another kid. He was an accident, you know? And um, they, <laughs> they had bills to pay. But for whatever reason, she named him Payne, Jabez. And that name, folks, defined his future. In 1 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And I ask why. Why was Jabez more honorable than his brothers? And Jabez was more honorable than his brothers because, I don't know. Why was he more honorable than his brothers? I can only guess. Here's what I think. I think, I, I think his brothers poked fun at him. And I really believe he laughed it off. And I really believe he didn't return evil for evil. That's what the Bible says. And I really believe he said or did nice things for those brothers. Or maybe something like this. Maybe he was not his father's child. Maybe he was the child of another man, so on and so forth. And maybe he didn't have the same opportunity and privileges as his brothers. But you know what? He dealt with it. He dealt with life, and he made the best of it, man. There's a lesson in that, huh? And maybe the family didn't have a lot of money, and maybe he was an accident, and maybe his brothers complained a lot. I think this happened, honestly. Maybe his brothers complained a lot, and Jabez was more honorable than his brothers because he didn't complain. He went out and worked and got a job, and he tried to rise above those circumstances and do something about it instead of complaining about it. He did something about it. And that made him more honorable than his brothers, see? 1 Chronicles 4.10, now we get to his prayer. That tells us about Jabez. Now we get to his prayer. Verse 10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. So he cried out. And who did he cry out to? The God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory and so on. We'll get to that. But see, Jabez had been living with this pain thing most of his life. I think he's a young man when he says this. He'd been living with this pain thing hanging on his neck. And there comes a point, there, there comes a point in life where he cries out to the God of Israel. Let me read this again. Oh, he, and Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. And what did he say? Oh, that you would bless me. And the Hebrew word there is a very strong Hebrew word. And your King James Bible will reflect this. The King James, I believe, says, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Or really bless me or super bless me or something like that. So he's praying, oh, that you would super bless me or bless me indeed. And enlarge, this is very interesting, enlarge my territory. We'll look at that in a few minutes. But first of all, he cried out. Jabez cried out. And that comes from this young man's heart. God, there is no help but you. See, he called out to the God of Israel, very specifically. God, there's no help but you. It's a prayer of desperation. You know, when, when, when I pray, you know, so, oh, God, help me. You know, oh, God, this, oh, God, that. You know, or Lord, this, Father, this, Father, that. But I'm desperate. I cry out. 
That's what you do when you're desperate. You cry out. And Jabez cried out to God. And that's prayer, man. And this is a series of messages on prayer. He cried out to the God of Israel. See, he lived during the time of the judges. That's when Jabez lived. He lived during Samson. He lived during Gideon while they were on the earth. And, and they were all, the Jews, the Jews were all surrounded by, by, by Canaanite gods, Canaanite pagan idols. And Jabez did not pray to the Canaanite pagan idols. He went to the God of Israel, the, the God whose covenant name was Yahweh or Jehovah. And he came in desperation. He said, Lord, I got this desire in me. I mean, I want to do something more with my life. Lord, you know my name. My name is Jabez. I got this pain thing hanging over me. And I'm not getting any younger. And I want the world to know you are God. I said it's a prayer of desperation. Know what it means to be desperate? It means, man, you get real in your prayers, man. You confess your sins. You, 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 confess, you say, Father, I, I've gone to every other source of help. I've gone to other people. I've gone to mom, dad. I've trusted money, friends. I called in favors and nothing works. I confess, Father in heaven, that's an affront to you. I come to you, my heavenly father. I come to you helpless. I come to you hopeless without you. I come to you with empty hands. I come to you in desperate need. That is a prayer. Ever had cancer? Ever had a husband or wife say, I'm leaving. And you talk, 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 change, change, change. Nothing you can do. Nothing's going to help. Nothing's going to change their heart. And you cry out a prayer of desperation. How many stories of people who need a certain amount of money? And you can, they cry out to God. It's a prayer of desperation, you know. See, I got to tell you, sometimes the Lord will let us get to that point where we are desperate, where we cry out and we say, you are all I have. Man, I've sinned, but I know you still love me. Please help. Please, Father. Please, Lord Jesus, help. And God will because he's faithful. He is not a fair weather God. See, Jabez cried out, help me now. That, that's implied in his prayer. God, right now, I want you to enlarge my borders. We'll talk about that. But I want you, I, I, I want, God, right now, I want you to do something. See, God knows your need. And you have every right to do this, child of God. Made me think of a guy I went out to lunch with one time. And I like what he said. We were sitting across the table from each other. And he said he prayed a prayer of quiet desperation. Quiet. He didn't cry out, just kind of a prayer inside him, a prayer of quiet desperation. Well, what's the prayer of quiet desperation? He said he just went before the Lord in prayer, and he said, he said, Lord, you know right where I am. You know what's going on in my life. And see, that honors God. Folks, that honors God. When you tell God, God, yeah, I don't have to go, go into all the details. Well, God, God, God would love you to go into the details. But he says, God, you, you know what's going on in my life. And that honors God because, says, God, you know me. Apart from every other person on earth. You see me, you know what's going on in my life. That honors God when you pray like that. And then he said, I didn't expect this thing in my life. He said, there's no apparent answers, I have no moves. And so he said, now it's up to you, Father. And he just left it at that. That is a great prayer. A great prayer of quiet desperation. And then he told me, he said, when I finally prayed like that, he said, a short time thereafter, he said he felt the Lord's peace. The Holy Spirit gave him, he said, a supernatural peace, a supernatural peace. And we talked about that supernatural peace a couple of weeks ago in this series on prayer. Philippians 4, verse 6. Listen, God wrote this, not me. Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious about anything. <laughs> it's almost a laugh, isn't it? That's what God tells us. That's his will. Don't be anxious about anything, but 
in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Did you see that word everything? In everything, big, small, in everything, you present this to God. That's what this guy did. He's God, you know, right where I am. That's what Jabez did. And look at this. And the peace of God, which transcends, that's a great word, transcends, all understanding will guard or keep your hearts and minds with Christ Jesus. And you will get that supernatural peace. Quiet desperation, this guy got that supernatural peace. Anyway, I said this is one of the great prayers of the Bible, man. Jabez prayed, oh, that you would bless me. And like I said, the original Hebrew word means bless me in a, in a special way. Bless me indeed. Bless me good. And Jabez was saying, again, I've been wearing this pain thing my whole life long. This is why my, this, my mom named me Jabez, which means pain. My mom thought I would be trouble and pain to people for the rest of my life. That was my mom's great vision for me, Lord. And then he says, he says, he says, I refuse. This is so good. I refuse to be bound by that. I will not be bound by that name. I will not be bound or shackled. By this, bane, by this pain thing. And so he says, I'm reading verse 10, 1 Chronicles chapter 4. He, oh, that you, he hears his prayer. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. I'm not going to be shackled by this pain thing. I'm not going to be shackled by my past. It made me think how many people today are, how many people today are bound by their past? How many people today blame their past? I am the way I am today because of such and such or because of so and so. And they blame their mom, they blame their dad, they blame their childhood, they blame abuse, and you can overcome that too, although I know there's lingering scars there. And they blame, 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 blame. My past. That's who I am like I am. You fill in the blank. Jabez didn't do that, man. Jabez did not do that. And that's one reason this word of God is in here. Now, if you blame your past, I can understand it. If you've never, if you, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I can understand you blaming your past and saying, oh, I got all these scars and that's why I am what I am. My dad was nasty. My mom ignored me and all this stuff. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I can understand that because you don't have any power in you to change. You've got no power. Because if you believe in Jesus Christ, you have no right thinking like that. I'll tell you, because you have power in you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, you, got a new, you really need to read. If you're blaming your past, you really need to, 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 to read the, um, the second and third chapters of Revelation, the letter to the seven churches, because over and over and over again, believers who endure are called overcomers. We are called overcomers, and that's how you have to think. You have to think like an overcomer. You can beat this stuff. You don't have to languish in your past. I'll tell you, if, you, if, you, if, if you're going back to your past saying, I am the way I am, I am the way I am because of what happened in my past, this circumstance, this person, whatever, this abuse, this scar, then you did that. This, this passage is yours, baby, I'll tell you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what is he? A new creation, right? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now listen to this. The old is gone, the new has come. The old is gone. Listen, 
You know, will you just tell yourself, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I have no excuses. I can't blame anybody or anything for what I am now. Now listen, and you tell yourself, I can't. I have no right. I'm a new creation. I have no right to blame anybody or anything, but I go on from here and I overcome anything because I am an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. That's, I believe, exactly what Jabez is saying. I won't be bound by my negative past experiences, man. This, this is God's word to us. I love this prayer by this nobody whose name occurs in the midst of a ton of names, Jabez. He said, oh, that you would bless me indeed, or real good. And then he said, enlarge my territory. It said, you know, that the Hebrew word there means enlarge my borders. Move my border. Move my borders. Extend my borders. That's what he's saying. Move my borders. Give me more space. Really what he's praying in this prayer. This is such a great prayer. Wow. He's saying, Lord, increase my sphere of influence. That's what he's saying. Would you pray something like that? Lord, increase my sphere of influence. I mean, there's some really neat stuff to consider here. I mean, I mean Jabez, Jabez thought eternally. He thought eternally. He wasn't bound by the here and now. You know what he's saying? I'm going to kind of reinterpret this prayer. He says, I've been bound by this Jabez name long enough. I want to do more for you, Lord. Increase my territory. Enlarge my borders. He was saying, life is short. Maybe we would say something like this. I want to offer the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ to as many people as I possibly can. And so, Father in heaven, give me a new level of influence. I pray that. I pray that for myself. I pray that for this church. I say, Father, I, I want to I be part of, of leading as many people to Christ as I possibly can in one lifetime. And so enlarge my borders, increase my influence. I pray that. I don't want to get so bogged down in my world, my world, my house or our house or our cars or our things and our stuff. I don't want to get so tied down to that that I lose, I lose a sense of, of a nobler, higher purpose with my life. I never want to lose that, man. See, I, I know this for a fact. I mean, nobody comes into your life or my life without a reason. And that's because, see, that's called God's providence. Everyone in your life is there for a reason, okay? And there's certain people, I'll meet them or I'll talk to them on the phone or I just hear about them. I, you know, I, I connect with these people somehow and I get a tug inside me. I get a tug inside me and that tug says to me, get into their lives, find an avenue, pray for them, talk to them, pray 2 Corinthians 4 that God would keep the spiritual blindness from their heart so they can know and receive and accept the Lord Jesus Christ and prayer takes time and connecting with them takes time and I'm still on the floor writing this message and all that stuff takes time and I don't want to be bound by all that stuff, see? you got to pray and fight that battle for their soul, man, I'll tell you. And that's what it means for us. Oh, that you would enlarge me. Enlarge my territory. Enlarge my sphere of influence. Let me do stuff in my life that matters after this world or after this life ends. Put me in positions where I can influence more people with the truth. That's what he's praying. You know, for us, this prayer might mean something like this. Hey, rethink your priorities, especially about your kids. Now, what are you doing with your kids? Get them involved in stuff. Give them stuff that when they die, it won't die. What are you giving to your kids? You know, when, when, when you die or they die, it won't die, man. It goes on forever. Are you giving them anything like that? I mean, reprioritize how you use your time. Why not? Here, I'm going to throw this out to you. Why not? We, we need, okay, we need kids in, 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 in the children's ministry. Why not teach a kid's class? Help mold or shape 
a mind, a heart. Man, you don't know the lies that they're, they're going to face in this world. Or how about this? Instead of planting flowers in your lunchtime, take girlfriend out to lunch and build into her life. Burn in, plant your flowers later. And burn inside for that, man. Burn like Jabez. He said, enlarge my territory. Draw me out of my comfortable here and now. Enlarge my territory. I got to tell you something, that prayer, you can, you can rest assured God's going to answer that prayer because that lines up with 1 John 5, 14 and 15, which we talked about a bunch of times. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, when your will and God's will line up, man, you got it. I, isn't God going to answer that prayer? Enlarge my territory because I want to do something really significant for you. Increase my level of influence. Now you pray a prayer like that, your will and God's will are lined up, baby. You're going to get it. You got it. You got it, man. And, and, and I know J God, God, would, God answered that prayer of Jabez. He said, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. And then he said, let your hand be with me and keep me from pain well, or harm. We'll see that. Let your hand be with me. Let's park on that for just a minute. He's saying, Lord, whatever victories, whatever success you choose to give me, it's all you. Know, it, it's all you. It's all you. Let your name be magnified. It's your hand that made it happen. That's what he's saying. Let your hand, you're going to enlarge my, my territory and let your, it, it's all you. Let your hand be with me. See, he's given all glory to God. See, folks, this is a prayer against spiritual pride. When God gives you success, you can get so much pride, you know, and that could easily happen to me. I mean, something good happens at the church. I'm able to do something or say something that, you know, really moves a person along in their faith or, um, or something good happens at the church and, Hey, man, I could go to God and say, God, Cindy, ain't you blessed to have me? I could do that. You want to pray something for me? Pray that God would keep me from spiritual pride. And I want you to pray that God would keep me from spiritual pride. I pray that you'd pray that God would take me down if I need to be taken down. Pray that for me. And pray that for yourself because people will say, hey, look what I did, God. Oh, look how I resisted that sin. They used all those bad words and I didn't. You know, Jabez prayed, your hand blesses me. Any, any success in my life, it's all you, man. Your hand is with me. Keep me from spiritual pride. Look at the next part of Jabez's prayer. And keep me from harm. And here the new King James or King James Bible is better. That word harm is better translated evil. The Hebrew word really means, and keep me from evil. And we pray that in the Lord's Prayer, don't we? Deliver me, deliver us from evil or from the evil one, meaning Satan. Probably the better translation of the Lord's Prayer is deliver us from the evil one, not evil, but evil, or deliver us from the evil one. See, because when I'm trying to enlarge my territory, Jabez is saying, and do something significant for you, Lord, the evil one will attack, and he's aware of that, and he says, Lord, keep me from this evil. Keep me from this evil one. See, when you're trying to do something significant for the kingdom of God and have God enlarge your territory, your influence, see, and you're trying to do something significant for the Lord, you're going to have all kind of attacks on you. You know, the devil's going to try and shut that down, see. That's what Jabez prayed, you know, keep me from the evil one. Here's what I know as we think about keep me from the evil one. This is, this is it. We're done now. 
I know that Jesus Christ is in heaven constantly interceding for you and me in heaven. Now that's something I seldom have ever preached on, the fact that Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, and the New Testament is full of this. But he's sitting at the right hand of God, and what's he doing for us? He's interceding for us, and interceding is he's going before the Father and beseeching the Father on your and my behalf. See, here's what I know. Here's what the Word of God says, Hebrews 7.25. He's all, he lives to ever, to, he, he, he ever lives to make intercession for us. He's up there interceding for us at the right hand of God's Father at all times. Here's what this means. Christ's eye is always on you. He's watching. He sees, every, he sees every spiritual attack from the evil one that's coming at you. He sees how demons attack you and me. And he says, Father, you're beloved. And the Father knows this. They just communicate like this. Father, you can see it. You're beloved. My beloved. Our child. They're being attacked by devils. Send out angels. They're being attacked physically, man. How much stuff doesn't happen to you and to me because I have a Lord in heaven who's sitting at the right hand of God the Father interceding for me. Jesus always lives to make intercession for us, Hebrews 7, 25. You know, you, folks, I can't tell you. I don't fully understand the intercessory work of Jesus Christ. That's a difficult doctrine in the Bible to understand. But I'll tell you something. That is so precious to me. That means so much to me. That Jesus Christ is always up there, seeing me, his eye on me, seeing you, and he's always interceding for us 24 hours a day. He never rests when you he never rests where you're concerned. And then, and then Jabez says to wind up this prayer, First Chronicles 4:10. Keep me from harm or evil, so that I will be free from pain. And he's saying, Lord, help me to rise above my circumstances. That is one great prayer. Think about it is sponsored by Real Life Christian Church. Real Life Christian Church meets in Endeavor Middle School. 22505 26 Mile Road, just west of North Avenue in Ray, Michigan. Sunday service starts at 10 a.m. Visit us on the web at rlcc.us. Never miss a single message from Pastor Rasper. Just go to faithtalk1500.com and download the Real Life Podcast. And until next week, may God's Word do a work in you. Real Life Christian Church. Get real.